you think anybody ever prejudges a person by how they pray or how they worship God? Um, how they spend money or how they don't spend money? So a lot of times we have a lot of, lot of things, unfortunately, that we prejudge people at, even, even though we don't want to. It just kind of automatically comes up in our head, and we don't want to do that. So anyway, that's going to be part of our message tonight. We kind of wanted to look at those examples, but tonight we're going to be talking about inner treasures. We're going to be talking about getting to know each other and the treasures of wisdom and experience each one has taking the time to recognize and glean the good treasures from others. So I've got a really good story to introduce this message. Really good. So Pastor Terry and I were recently talking to someone who had lost 28 family members in the Holocaust. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? They were Polish Jews, and this person's family had changed their name to make it sound less Polish and less Jewish because why? People prejudge them. This person was involved in show business and uh, many years ago, and he was having lunch in Hollywood many years ago with some of the cast of Hogan's Heroes. How many people remember that show? Ember, have you ever even heard of it? Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, it's still on. Uh, Hogan's Heroes was a very popular sitcom that ran from 1965 to 1971. Hogan's Heroes became a top ten show in its first season. It had uh, 12 Emmy nominations, and it won two, so it was a very popular show. But Hogan's Heroes was a very unusual show, something that hadn't really ever been done before. It was about a German POW camp in World War II. It took a very evil and dark time in German history and basically made light of it, made it humorous. And if you know anything about World War II, there was nothing funny about it. Nothing funny. Um, The show made Nazis look silly, like buffoons and incompetent, but also made them almost lovable. You know, remember Sergeant Schultz? Many people felt insulted by the show and by the whole premise of the show because it was such an atrocious thing. It's like, you know, if someone killed your child and then they're going to make fun of it. You know, you can understand how people would have felt. Um, Now, back to the lunch. Our friend was sitting at lunch with some of the cast of Hogan's Heroes. A stranger walked up to them and just absolutely read them the riot act, you know, told them how wrong it was what they were doing. He told the actors they didn't know anything about the horrors of Nazi Germany and they shouldn't make fun of the suffering that many endured. So the actors invited the man to sit down with them, and the actors started telling their stories. So the first one was Howard Kane. See up on the top left, that's Howard Kane. He played Gestapo agent Major Wolfgang Hochstetter. If I said that right. He was born Howard Cohen in Nashville, Tennessee, into a Jewish family. Kane served in the United States Navy during World War II. The next one was Leon Askin, who played General Burkhalter, the top right one there. He was born Leon Ashkenazi. (laughs) It's hard to say. Into a Jewish family in Vienna, Austria. 
in uh, Vienna, Austria. He was an actor in Germany, and uh, he was an actor in Germany when Hitler became chancellor. He was dismissed from the theater and was later arrested and beaten by the Gestapo because he was a Jew. He fled to Paris and immigrated to the United States in 1938. He served in World War II as staff sergeant in the U.S. Army. Werner Klemperer played Colonel Wilhelm Klink. He was born in Cologne, Germany. His father was Jewish. Klemperer and his family fled Germany in 1935. He served in the United States Army during World War II. When he was offered the Colonel Klink role, Klemperer only agreed to do it if the show's producers promised that Klink would never succeed in any of his schemes. Did you know any of that? Interesting, isn't it? John Banner, who's the one in the middle, Sergeant Schultz, played Master Sergeant Schultz. And what did he say? I see nothing, I hear nothing, I know nothing. Remember that? <laughs> I know nothing, he'd always say. He was born Johann Bonner to Jewish parents in Vienna, Austria. When Adolf Hitler annexed Austria to Nazi Germany, Banner immigrated to the United States. He enlisted in the United States Army Air Corps. And the last one, the cooking French Corporal Louis Lebeau was played by Robert Clary. He was born Robert Max Winderman to a Jewish family in Paris, France. Because he was Jewish, he was deported to the Nazi concentration camp at Atmuth. His identification number was tattooed on his left forearm. He was later sent to Buchenwald. Writing about his experience, Clary said, we were not even human beings. When we got to Buchenwald, the SS shoved us into a shower room to spend the night. I had heard the rumors about the dummy shower heads that were gas jets. I thought, this is it. But no, it was just a place to sleep. The first eight days there, the Germans kept us without a crumb to eat. We were hanging on to life by pure guts, sleeping on top of each other, every morning waking up to find a new corpse next to you. The whole experience was a complete nightmare. The way they treated us, what we had to do to survive, we were less than humans. Sometimes I dream about those days. I wake up in a terrible, in a sweat, terrified for fear that I'm about to be sent away to a concentration camp. Clary was liberated from Buchenwald on April 11, 1945. He was imprisoned there for three years. Twelve members of his, his immediate family, meaning his parents and his siblings, were sent to Auschwitz and were killed. The actors explained that they had suffered the evils of war, World War II, that the TV show was to bring joy and humor to a ghastly time in their lives. They felt like they were honoring their loved ones by portraying the Nazis as buffoons and incompetent. The man who had attacked them hung his head and was embarrassed at judging these men without knowing who they were and what their motives were. In fact, these men had inner treasures on the inside of them that their accuser knew nothing about. The accuser did not think of finding out. He just judged them on what he saw on the surface. And how many times do we do that? We do it, I think we do it many times every single day. We just look at the way people act on the outside or look on the outside, and we don't really take the time to know them or find out about them. 
So one of the main things I want to talk about tonight is not prejudging people. Because if you prejudge people, you're going to miss out on the inner treasures that are on the inside of them. Um, There's so many things that people go through in their life and so many things that people experience and so many things that people are that you will never get unless you take the time to get to know them and take the time to um, glean that out of them. See, if if those uh, actors hadn't had that encounter with that man, there was no way that they would that man would have ever known uh, all those things that those, those people had endured. And we need to be able to sit down with people and talk to them and learn about them. Um, as we talked about, you know, it's really easy to prejudge people. You know, they're they're too young or too old. They're fat or thin or muscular or not muscular, rich, poor, their clothes, their jewelry, their car, their house, their children. This is a good one. People judge you on how your children act, like it's your fault. <laughs> and it's not always your fault, is it? Sometimes people judge you by how your adult children act. Um, how, some people judge you by how many children you have or how many children you don't have. Um, your makeup, your grooming, how, how you act in church, how you pray, how you worship, and so on and so forth, the things that we've talked about. In Matthew 7, 1, let's turn there. Matthew 7, 1 says, judge not that you be not judged. And I think that's something that we really have to do intentionally. We have to intentionally not judge people because there's so much ingrained in us to think certain things about certain kinds of people um, just by the way you were brought up or, or whatever that you have to intentionally not judge people. God, through our life experiences, has placed treasures of wisdom on the inside of each one of us. I have learned so much by the things that I've gone through, so much by the good things that I've gone through, and so much by the bad things that I've gone through. And I sincerely wish I would have never gone through anything bad or difficult in my life. Don't you? (laughs) But I tell you what. If I had not gone through a lot of the bad things that I've gone through, I would not have any um, um, comprehension or ability to empathize with people that are going through similar things. It just, it wouldn't have been there. I would have just, you know, people that would have problems with their children, well, I just automatically would think, well, um, it must be the parents' fault, you know, da 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 da. But I, you know, most anybody that's had children has had problems with their children. But before you have children, what do you do? You think that you're going to be a perfect parent and the children will not ever do anything wrong or have problems, right? Um. So, so the things that you've gone through give you such great and awesome perspective. Uh, on um, just just loads and loads and loads of wisdom that you can give people that other people have in them too, that if you take the time not to judge them but take the time to get to know them, you can unearth those treasures that are on the inside of them. 
each, every single person that's alive, you know, I used to think that, you know, only some people had hard times, but every, every, every single person has difficult times. In the United States, we have, we have really horrible, difficult times, but they're not anything compared to what people in other countries go through. And we think we're, we think we're having a crisis, but if we just think about people in other countries, we're not really having that big of a crisis after all. You know, we're, we don't have to worry about getting bombed here, and, you know, we can turn on our water faucet and we have water. So anyway, what I wanted to get across is that every single person that you meet has treasures of wisdom on the inside of them that you can glean from and that you can grow from. And in the same light, you have those same things that you're responsible to give other people. Because these treasures have been placed in us, we have a unique way that each one of us can share the gospel. A very unique way because we're unique people. We've had different, very unique uh, circumstances in our lives. So uh, it's very important that we're always giving those inner treasures out to other people and that we're getting them from other people. Let's turn to Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Second Corinthians 4, 5. <clears throat> this is talking about treasures and jars of clay, the treasures that are in the inside of us. It says in the fifth verse, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. What treasure is that? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We have a treasure on the inside of us to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So you can see that while one person is having horrible things go on, because of those horrible things, they can impart life to somebody else. You see the cycle that that is? And because that person has life in them, they can impart life to somebody else. So as Paul was saying, you know, I'm crushed, but not in despair. You know, he, he, is, he is imparting to this church, this Corinthian church, how they can go through crisis and how they can be persecuted and how they can go through difficult times and still succeed. Uh, you could also say the very last word, uh, verse there, uh, that because death is at work in us, life is at work in you. You see how it's kind of, you could call it a symbiotic relationship, you know, because one person is having trouble, the next person can glean off of that wisdom and that experience, and then that person can give that to somebody else. The treasure that's inside of us is always to be shared with other people. So we, 
you know, um, let me share some of these things that people wrote down on, on Saturday. Um, two very difficult things that have happened in your life. My job of t- 32 years was terminated along with all my benefits. Loss of my brother at age 16. Husband lost his job. My mother, father, and sister died way too young. Starting a new life when my husband went to heaven. Homeless. Car accidents. Family feud. Lots of rejection. My in-laws hate me. Loss of my mentor, my dad. Meeting new people and making friends. Being sexually molested as a child. My daughter did not speak to me for years. Accident. Health issues. Near-death experiences, school finals, moving, father's death by suicide, caring for parents only after their only child passed away, caring for grandparents after their only child passed away, alcoholic husband, my daughter being molested by her stepfather. I was hit in head-on collision and also rear-ended twice. My husband of 36 years left me for someone else. Moving, changing schools, my daughter going through health issues, a very bad first marriage, needing to accept government assistance. <clears throat> these are the ladies that were sitting at the luncheon. And they had come through these things to be victorious and to be uh, full of joy. And can you see how you could glean so much out of the ladies from this church because they've gone through these things? They've used the word of God, they've used the power of God, and they've stepped through victorious. Amen? And those, to me, um, that's just, I don't, I don't wish that that happened to anybody, but to me that is just says so much about the people that we have in the church that um, they can come through these things and be victorious. And we need to glean from them the treasures that are on the inside of them, how they did that, how they were able to do that. Uh, two very wonderful things that happened in your life besides getting saved. Getting my dog, getting a new nephew, birth of a child, blessed with a wonderful son, sister, and older brother, miraculous intervention to save granddaughter's life, blessed with wonderful children and grandchildren, blessed with a loving and saved husband, having my children, finally getting a dog after wanting one for years. The Lord helped me develop a new life. My daughter's healing. My faith has tremendously grown. Winning a trip to the U.N. as a teenager. I've personally seen God's provision and his promises. God gave me a promotion at work out of the blue. Birth of children. College graduation despite extreme poverty. Having my daughter. Getting married. Traveled, sang, and recorded music. My daughter came home with grandbabies. Healed many times. Blessed with friends. God supernaturally providing for my needs. Don't you want to get to know these ladies? These ladies are awesome ladies, aren't they? Just just their life experience is like, you know, a novel that you want to read. Just just awesome. You could write a a book of the New Testament about these ladies. (laughs) So the treasure inside of us is to be shared with others. So I encourage you, if you come to church week after week and always talk to the same people every week and always sit with the same people and don't invite others into your circle, 
you are not sharing your inner treasures, and you are not unearthing the inner treasures in others. Let's go to um, Proverbs 18.1. In every translation I I read this in, it, it says something completely different, which is kind of unusual. But I'm going to read it out of two translations, just to encourage you to get to know each other. Proverbs 18.1 says, Loners who care only for themselves spit on the common good. So, you know, if you come to church and you don't talk to people or you just talk to the same three people every Sunday when you come, you're spitting on the common good because you're not sharing the inner treasure that you have on the inside of you with other people. And they need what you have. Other people need what you have. In the NIV, that was the Message Bible. In the NIV, it says, an unfriendly man pursues selfish ends. He defies all sound judgment. So if you're not, if you're just got your little group that you talk to on Sunday morning, you come in, you sit with them, you talk to them, and then you leave, you're an unfriendly man or woman. You defy all sound judgment. It doesn't make any sense that you would do that when you have so much to give and you have so much to receive from the other people in this church. It's kind of like going to the grocery store every week and all you buy is Oreos and milk. Well, you really like them, don't you? (laughs) You buy them because you're familiar with them and you like them. If you come to church and you talk to the same people every single Sunday and sit by the same people every single Sunday and you don't meet anybody else or you don't talk to anybody else, you're doing it because you're familiar with them and you like them, but you're stealing from the other people in the church. Or say maybe some people it's steak and potatoes or some people it's peanut butter and white bread, but we need a variety of foods to nourish us and make us healthy, just like we all need all of the body of Christ to make us well-rounded and healthy. They need everything you have, and you need everything they have. We need to glean and give, give a variety, glean, take it from other people, and give a variety of inner treasures to help people and benefit ourselves. It happens more than I want to admit that uh, people have been coming to church 10 or 20 years here, and they'll ask me who someone is who's been coming here a year or two years or three years. And I just, it makes my jaw drop. It shows me that they don't get up and talk to anybody. They talk to their group of people. And that that breaks my heart. It always astonishes me when a longtime church member doesn't know who someone is when that other person has come to the church for months or years. It shows me that the longtime church member has become complacent and comfortable talking to the same people all of the time and does not value giving and receiving inner treasures God has for them. You might say, um, well, I I have a hard time talking to people. I'm shy. I'm bashful. I feel uncomfortable. But I don't believe any of those excuses are what a child of God who's walking in faith and victory and love have any right to to use those excuses. Do you? No. (laughs) We're victorious people. We conquer those kind of fears. If it's, a, if it's hard for you to get up and talk to people you don't know, it is a great time, a great faith project. It's a great way to exercise your faith. Look at it as a way to grow in faith. We're always growing. We're always doing better. It takes no faith to come in and sit down and talk to no one except your friends. It takes no faith to do that, does it? No. 
But it takes faith to do something you're uncomfortable with. And that's what we do as Christians. We do things that we're not comfortable with because God is always pressing us. He's always challenging us and pushing us forward. Let's go to Luke 6, 37. Luke 6, 37. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and, and you will be forgiven. Now, I want you to really get this next verse. Give, that's what we're talking about tonight, giving of the inner treasures in your heart, and it will be given to you, and you'll be receiving inner treasures from other people. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put back into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Isn't that awesome? So if you're going to give to people abundantly, invest in people abundantly, get the treasures that are in their heart and work really hard at it, you're going to reap abundant inner treasures that you need in your life. For the measure that you use to invest in people, invest your inner treasures in other people, that measure will come back to you. And we need lots of wisdom we need lots of the treasures that other people have in their, in their hearts. So as a conclusion, don't prejudge people. And that's something we need to work on all the time. Because, our, I mean, it's just an automatic thing. You know, it's an automatic thing. No, I'm not going to prejudge that person. And we need to glean the inner treasures that are in others and give others the inner treasures that are in us. So can you guys think of some inner treasures that are in you? that you've, uh, you've just uh, wisdom that's inside of you that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't have gone through certain things in life? Does anybody want to share anything? <laughs> 